hungry for the Word of God this morning. Amen. Are you ready to be fed the Word of God? Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord and give Him a great shout of praise as our pastor comes. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you would just remain standing just for a moment. We are so blessed. I'm going to minister here in a minute, but we are so blessed to have Brother Lawrence that pastors in Jasper, Alabama. And uh, he is doing such a great work. This is Brother Jonathan's father. And I asked him if he would to come and greet this congregation in the name of the Lord. So why don't we give him a hand clap as he comes and leaves a testimony. and tells us a little bit about home mission work and what God is doing in Alabama. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. You can be seated. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And as a uh, church planner, it's good to be in the house of the Lord sometime. Don't take me wrong, but where we don't have to do everything. There's too much to do and not enough people to do it. Amen. If you're a church planner. But God's moving. Amen. We've, we've had uh, uh, several uh, guests within the last year and uh, we're excited about what God is going to do in Jasper amen I said I told somebody not long ago that that church planning is not for sissies it's hard work amen it's a lot of work amen but if one person is saved one person amen it's worth everything that we do amen and I, I'm thankful to be amen doing what God is calling me to do Amen. I never thought I would start a church. Didn't want to start a church. But God opened that door and here we are starting a church. Amen. But I begin to think about uh, Naaman in Second uh, Kings. As he uh, came and, and the, one of his servants said, I, I wish you were in the promised land over, the, over there where there's a prophet because your leprosy could be recovered. You could be healed. And he went over there and and a familiar story, he, he was told to go dip in the Jordan seven times and, and uh, he got mad about it and he said, that, that's, uh, there's better rivers where I'm from. And, uh, but, but his servant said, look, if, if he'd have told you to do something great and majestic, would you not have done it? Why, why not try it? What can it hurt? We're here. Amen. And so he did and, and he was recovered of his leprosy. And so he went back. And he offered the man of God garments and money. And he said, I don't want anything. But he said, I, I want you to do something for me. He said, I want you to allow me to take two mules' burden of earth with me. Because from now on, I'm not going to serve any other God but your God. And, and he said, you know, forgive me when my master takes me into the house of his God. And I have to bow. And he leans on me. But he said, I'm not planning to serve anybody else that, I begin to think about that, about church dirt. Amen. He, he came and he found something. It, was more, it meant more to him than just one healing. It meant more to him than just being touched by God. He said, I've come in contact with something and I don't want to go home empty. I want to take something with me from here, from this place. I'll ever remember, amen, and I'll always have this with me. And, and I'm going to worship on this pile of dirt. I'm going to worship on this church dirt. We don't have dirt like that where I'm from. We don't have miracles like that where I'm from. 
Amen. Can I tell you when you come to the house of God, amen, when you leave this house today, you need to take some church dirt with you. You need to take something out of these walls, amen, that's going to sustain you. You need to have something. Don't leave here empty. Don't leave here, amen, with just a touch from God because it's not going to last. But if you take some church dirt, if you take something, amen, from this place and say, God, I remember what happened when I went to church and I'm going to remember it even at the house and on the job I'm going to remember it everywhere I am I'm going to have church dirt in my life I'm going to take a little bit of church with me wherever I go I'll never be without church amen it doesn't matter if it's a Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday I'm going to have church with me I refuse to live without the presence of God I refuse to live without church in my life and it's not a two-week of service deal, but I want church every day. I want God every day. I want the power of the Holy Ghost every day. And so I refuse, amen, not to have some church dirt in my life. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be here. Oh, that's all right. Give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. The next time he comes back, you'll be preaching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, ain't God good? Do you have your Bibles with you? Why don't you get your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 14. We're going to go to verse 15. We have several that we're going to read. That's all right. Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. While you're getting that ready, amen, again, all of our guests, we give you honor. And today we want to re-invite you down to the Life Center this evening at 4 o'clock. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. And I believe that we actually have a trophy, if I'm not mistaken, for the best chili. Amen. So how about that? Praise God. Luke chapter 14, begin at verse 15. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper. And he bade many and sent his servants at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that the servant came and showed the Lord these things. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. 
For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. I want to teach or preach, however this may come out for a little while, just on this topic, when we get hungry for God. Amen. When we get hungry for God, praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord and love Him again and just thank Him for His presence that's in this house. God, I, I thank You, Lord, for the natural food that we've already received in our bodies. But Lord, today, right now, I thank You in advance for the spiritual food that we're about to receive, Lord. For Your Word of God, which is rich and powerful, Lord. God, to the cutting away, Lord, of the flesh, of the bone and marrow, God. I ask You today... Have your will and your way, God, in our heart, Lord, and let us today to be better after hearing the word of God. We ask you this, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. I would say today before I begin to preach that I believe today this is a timely message because even today on the news and In hearing everything that has happened now, Israel has made a ground invasion into Gaza. And Israel has been bombed, bombarded from uh, uh, all the surrounding countries. We know that uh, they are trying to incite a war in the Middle East that that will just be all-encompassing. We have a missionary in Beirut, Lebanon, who is... Gathering as we speak, he is gathering diesel and food. and He's trying to make preparations because he don't know what's going to happen. And I said that to say this, Jesus is coming. Amen. Jesus is coming. And I, my mind constantly goes to the scripture where he said, this generation shall not come to pass. He said, till that be fulfilled. So we know that we are right on the edge, right on the verge or the cusp of the coming of the Lord. And today we need to understand that. In the scripture that we read into our hearing today, Jesus was not just speaking of natural food, and I want us to know that. Although they were gathered together on Sabbath, and they were having meat there and a meal on the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching about a spiritual feast. Revelation 19, it tells us the rest of the story. John the Revelator said, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Has anybody made herself ready? And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen of the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage. Amen. Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. For these are the true sayings of God. I want to tell the church today, thank God, Amen, that we have been invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen, let me tell us today when we are given an invitation in the house of God, 
Amen. That is not just to a, a padded altar, but it's to an invitation of a marriage supper that's going to take place one day soon. I don't know about you, but I made up in my mind that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. The Bible said, and he sent his servant at supper time to say unto them which were bidden, come for all things are now ready. Let me, let me speak today to the church and let us know, folks, whether you realize it or not, all things are now ready. Does everyone understand? I believe today that the table is set. That the, that the plates are in order. That the wine is ready to pour. Amen. I believe today that everything that is needed to be accomplished, that Jesus Christ would return. Amen. I believe that it's happening and we are witnesses right now to the very end of time. Oh, come on. We ought to get excited about that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother John. I said we ought to get excited about that. I remember when I was growing up, my dad used to whistle. That was his way of calling us, Mom. Dad would step out in the lawn, and especially us older boys, Brother Kevin and myself and Paul, he would, he would step out there and he would whistle at supper time. And I couldn't help but think of that as I got this ready, Brother Kevin, how Dad would do that. And I, I remember when we sat down at the table, we, I don't want to say old-fashioned. Amen. We did it the right way. Right. All of us sat down at dinner at the same time. Amen. And, and in those days, there were hardly any stragglers unless they were gone somewhere for the evening, we all came running to sit and to have supper at the table today. Amen. On that day of the marriage supper, I want to tell us that there will be no stragglers. Amen. If you miss the marriage supper, you've missed it. Oh, I want to tell us today. Amen. You've got to make certain in your mind and in your heart and in your soul that you make the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because there'll be no, no second call. Amen. You've got to go or stay. And as for me, I made up in my mind, I'm going home to be with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservation to a mansion in the sky. I don't know about you, but I made my mind up a long time ago. Amen. There's a marriage supper that I've got to do whatever it takes to make the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise God. Scripture tells us, and they all with one, one consent, they began to make excuse. Now, none of us have ever heard excuses, have we? I mean, I want you to hear these excuses to see if they sound familiar to you. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go see it. This person's excuse, number one, was this, possessions. Lord, I don't have time for you because of my things, because of my stuff, because of the things that I possess, because of the things that I've taken in my life. 
Amen. I don't have time for you because of all of the things, amen, that I have bought. Amen. I bought this and I purchased that and it keeps me too busy and I just don't have time. Amen. Because my material things, my fun things, my satisfying things to the flesh, amen, they keep me away, amen, from the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. I believe today in 20 years of pastoring, amen, that I thought I have heard every excuse in the world. Amen. But I want you to know this. I haven't heard it all. I believe today that they come up with more excuses today than ever before for people that want to stay away from the house of God. Amen. Let me tell us today, we need to understand Amen, that I've got to make up in my mind that nothing outside of the church will keep me from coming inside of the church. Amen, that I've got to be willing to let whatever go that would keep me away from the house of God and I've got to make up in my mind that I've got to let go of it if it hinders my church. Hallelujah. We were gathered around the superintendents in a room and the carpenter said this he said we received prayer requests and he said I want to show y'all one he said it, it, it's got different things on there you know just like ours does one was a guest list and it asked them their occupation and on that occupation it listed their names and then it said professional church hoppers how about that he said I've known some but I've never known anybody that would put that down as their occupation. Amen. Oh, thank God I made up my mind a long time ago. Amen. I'm part of the church. The real church. The Acts church. The Holy Ghost church. The anointed church. The powerful church. Oh, let me tell us today. Aren't you glad that you're part of the church? Hallelujah. Oh, my. Amen. Many times people will say, I, I don't have time for church because I bought this or I, I purchased that and the material things, they matter too much. Amen. How many times, amen, as a pastor, I've heard this, I, I, I can't count it. Amen. Scripture tells us this, as it was in the days of Lot, even thus shall it be in the days that the Son of Man is revealed. He said, they do eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Jesus is describing a people that were so infatuated with their possessions that they had no time for God. I want to tell the church about the dangers of the world today. I want to preach to the church today about what's on outside of the church. And it's this. The devil wants to hand you everything in the world to busy your life. He de- Oh, listen. He desires to pour out in you. Amen. He desires that you purchase. Amen. All kinds of things. Why? That you would stay so busy. That you're too busy for the marriage supper. Hey Amen. I've got too much going on. Uh, life is too busy. Life is too hard. Hey Amen. Let me tell us today. I truly believe. I, I know today that we live in a whirlwind of time. I, I get that. I know that times are moving faster. Hey Amen. Than they've ever moved. But I'm telling you. The generations that came before us. Hey Amen. They knew what busy was too. 
Amen. They got up in the morning and milked the cows at 4 o'clock. They came in and had breakfast and headed to the fields. They worked the fields until the evening time. And then in the evening time, they gathered up. Amen. They hitched the wagon. They drove into town. They had church. They went to bed. And they were back up the next morning at 4 o'clock. Let me tell you. Amen. The devil is trying to make you think that you're too busy. Amen. I got a word for you today. You better busy yourself with kingdom things. You better busy yourself with anointed things. You better make up in your mind. You're not going to take too much in your life that you're not willing to let go of. Because that's the day in which we live. I mean, it's a world that's infatuated with its stuff. And I believe every once in a while we need to have a rummage sale. Amen. I, I had... A two-year rule until I got a bigger shed. That cured that. Now I'm scared of it. But I would make my wife aggravated at me. Because if it was two years old and nobody has been on it, sat on it, we haven't used it, I hauled it to the dump or gave it away. Yeah, I had an upset wife a lot of times. Amen, but it didn't have a lot of junk. Amen. Let me tell us today, we have so much stuff. And if you think I'm telling you stories, amen, husbands, you walk in your wife's shoe closet. Men ain't saying a word. Not a single word. Brother Jim? No, he ain't touching that. Amen. Brother Moore? He ain't going there. Amen. You want to know why? Because we have stuff. And, and ladies, amen, you walk into your husband's shed, you're going to find all kinds of stuff. Amen. And just like you'll, you'll take a lady to go shopping and they'll find more stuff and more shoes, you take a man shopping, let me tell you, he'll find more sporting goods and more other kind of stuff. You know why? Because we're drawn to stuff. But let me tell us today, we got to be careful of all the stuff that we got. We got to be careful of this and we got to be careful of that because if we're not careful, amen, that stuff will take preeminence in our life. Amen. And pretty soon it'll take up all of our time in caring for our stuff and our extracurricular activities, uh, our hobbies, our things. Amen. Pretty soon they absorb our life and they, they consume who we are. Amen. Until until we get to the point, amen, young parents, uh, uh, that uh, uh, that little league takes the place of church on Sunday morning and, and peewee football will, will take the place of youth service. Uh, I want to tell us today, you better watch out of what you take in your life and you better make up in your mind uh, that I'm not willing to take on too much stuff that it wouldn't keep me away from the marriage supper. Amen, we got stuff. Praise God. Jesus is describing a people that were so infatuated with their positions. They had, they had no time for God. Amen, things that they would take upon themselves. I, I want you to see today. Amen, I, I want, it, it's always easy to pick out everybody's stuff, isn't it? Amen, we can look at somebody and say, that guy's got a lot of stuff. Amen. But when we consider our stuff, you know, we don't have a whole lot of stuff. The Bible said that every man is justified in his own sight. Right. 
Oh, yeah, let me crawl in your pocket today. Amen. Everybody's got it right in their own eyes. You can't convict me. You can't condemn me. You can't, amen, you, you can't do it because I'm right in my own sight. Amen. Let, let me tell us today if we would consider. Amen. We have $1,000 iPhones and we got $150 a month cable bills. Amen. I'm not asking for a raising of hands today. Amen. Because we make it in payments, it's a lot more affordable. Amen. But hear me today. Amen. That missions offering will struggle. Amen. Whole mission churches are out there. Amen. Needing some financing in order to make it. Amen. When in many instances, we got so much stuff in our life, we don't know what to do with it. I'll come today to tell us, you better be careful of your stuff. That's what Jesus said. You better watch out for your stuff. Because if if you're not careful, you're stuff will absolutely take over your life. Amen. We collect stuff. Praise the Lord. Brother Eli, you ain't got no stuff, do you? You'll be married for a little while. You'll have some stuff. <laughs> Listen to 1 John chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You've got to make sure that your stuff doesn't take preeminence in your life. Because I'm telling you at any moment, at any hour, Brother Forbes, the trumpet's going to sound. Amen. Everybody's looking for a war and everybody's looking for antichrist and everybody's looking for a monetary system. Let me tell you what, what pastor's looking for. I'm looking for Jesus coming in the clouds. I'm looking for the trumpet to sound. That's, that's what I, as a matter of fact, we need to be living every moment of every hour of every day with an expectation of Jesus coming. Let's look at excuse number two. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I don't know if you know this, but a yoke of oxen is two. So this man had purchased ten oxen. Which lets me know this was a large farmer, evidently, wasn't he? To have ten yoke of oxen, I mean, he had to have five men to work them if he worked them as a pair. In other words, this man was doing well for himself. And he said, I can't make it to the marriage supper because I've got to go prove them. I pray, he said, have me excused. So the first one said, amen, I've got too much stuff. And the second one said, I'm too busy with my job. Amen. This man's excuse was the very thing that God had blessed him with. Boy, y'all are quiet today. Amen. Did you know, amen, that you can allow your blessings to hinder your relationship with God? That's a fact. Amen. You can allow the goodness of God and the good things that God has given you, amen, to hinder your walk with God. And if you're not careful... Amen. They'll take preeminence in your life. Just the things that you've got to do and got to accomplish. Let me tell us today. God knows how to slow you down. Oh, yes he does. Life operates in cycles, does it not? Those of us that have been around a little while, we understand. Amen. Sometimes we're up. 
And sometimes we're down. But let me tell us this today. God knows how to get our attention. I made my mind up a long time ago. Amen. That what I have is not mine. It belongs to God. Uh, let me, oh, listen. I, I come tonight to preach to you today. Amen. To tell us you better watch the things in your life. Even all the way down to the very thing that supplies you your living. Because if not, it will take away from your relationship with God. Yes. Amen. I know today. Amen. That I'm, I'm, I'm delving on a pig if we could. If we could look at it that way. You know, we heard the old message years ago about the man that was possessed of devils. Amen. And somebody preached a message, don't touch my pig. Y'all have heard that before. Amen. But we have things in our life that we don't want the minister to touch and we don't want God to touch and we don't want because I got plans and I got visions and I got this and I got that. I feel this in the Holy Ghost today. Let me tell you what the word says. It says, don't you say you're going from this city to that city and that you're going to buy and sell. He said, you say it like this. If the Lord allows... That's what I'm going to do. Let me, oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I want to tell somebody in this house today, God knows how to interrupt your plans. God knows how to bring your life to an abrupt halt. Amen. And let me tell you this. He's welcome to do it. Amen. Because he is a sovereign God. And if it takes that to get our attention. To bring us to a place that we would cry. Oh God. I got to have you move in my life. Then oh God. Have your way in my life. Because above anything else in the world. I got to be saved. I got to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I got to. Oh my God. I feel the Holy Ghost. I got to make sure above any job above any possession all above anything that would take in my life that it wouldn't keep me away we live today in such a self-infatuated world the Bible said perilous times would come in the last generation that men would be lovers of their own selves amen let me tell you that's where we are today that is the world in which we live in today amen there's nothing else that has to Convince me, Brother Joe, that we're not living in the last day. Amen. At any moment, at any hour, the trumpet is going to sound. Amen. Some are going to walk out of this place today saying, I've heard it all before. Amen. He tells me all the time. But let me tell you, amen, just as suddenly as I said it today, it's going to happen outside of there. The eastern sky is going to part. Amen. The trumpet is going to sound. Jesus Christ is returning with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. I want to tell you, you got to make it to the marriage. Supper. Because if you don't make it to that, I want the church to know that it's all lost. Some would say, I could make it. I could make it through the tribulation. Oh, no, you couldn't. You better believe you can. Amen. Right now, I struggle believing that it's going to be outside anything, outside of a Jewish nation in the end time that's going to make it. Amen. In that tribulation time. And let me tell you why. Because we are so westernized. That we have allowed things to take hold in our life. We've allowed jobs to take over. Amen. We've allowed ideas to consume our minds. 
We allow business ventures and debts to get hold of us until it can consume who we are. Until we forget our prayer time and we forget our Bible time and we forget our fasting time and we forget our church time. Amen. And then all of a sudden, before we know it, we have drifted so far from the house of God. Amen. That God is calling and He's bidding us to come to supper time and we're too busy with all of our jobs and all of our stuff. Oh my, I feel the anointing today. Amen. I come inside of this place telling you this. Oh, you better take an inventory of where you stand with God. You better back up and look at where you're at and what you've chosen in your life because I want you to understand you've got to make it to the rapture. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. My goodness, in such a mighty way today. Hallelujah. This man's job became his downfall. How sad was that? Not only because of the things that it provided but because of the time that it took from his godly relationship. Amen, church, I want you to hear me today. God has ordained that man earns his living from the sweat of his brow, hasn't he? Amen, yes, he has. Paul told the Thessalonian church, he said, he said, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, get a job. Get a job. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Get a job. You ain't got a job. Get a job. This is what needs said out there. We're living today. Amen. I I know today in this place we got business ventures going on. But you better consider the cost. Amen. Of acquiring people to work for you in today's hour. Because I'm telling you right now. McDonald's has a sign up right now that they'll people they'll pay people daily to come to work. Yeah. Because you can't get people to work. We live today in a generation of time that I never thought, I mean, my generation, they had beat the doors off a business place in order to get a job. Amen. We had begged, bar, and plead that somebody would hire us. And now everybody wants to sit home and draw a check. Let me tell you something. Amen. The Bible said if you don't work, you don't eat. I want to tell you today in the name of the Lord, you need to get a job if you ain't got one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, somebody needs to say it, don't we? Amen. And let me tell you this. Our work should not stop in the secular. It ought to be in the house of God. Let me tell us this today. Never should it be that 10% carries the church. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Lawrence, am I getting it right? Amen, we're living today in a time. Amen, when just a few, amen, will hoist that thing on their back. Amen, and they'll get to work and they'll go to town. Let me tell us this today. Amen, inside the church, get a job. Oh, come on, get a job. Find a broom, pick up trash. I pulled in the parking lot the other day. And I looked. In the front was an old beer can laying out in the yard. Gum wrappers, some things out there. And I stopped my truck right in the middle of the road. And I ran out there and picked them up and put them in the truck. 
I've seen Sister Cook do the same thing. I mean, I've had people ask me, Brother Cook, I, I want to get more spiritual. I, I want to grow in the Lord. Let me tell you this, in the Lord, pick up some trash. Is that all right? Oh, let me challenge you a little bit more. I, I, I'm not talking to our guests today. Y'all just plug your ears. Amen. But the regulars here, if you see the, the bathroom trash full at the bottom of that barrel, there's some more bags. Bag that thing up. Take it out. Because if you don't, somebody else has got to do it. If you find something out in the foyer that don't need to be there, amen, don't walk up to somebody and go, hey, hey, there's some mud laying on the floor. Amen, find you a rag, find you a broom and get to town. Why? Because God has ordained that you work just like I work. That's how this thing is to work. We need to find something to do in the house of God. We need to get busy. Oh, listen to me today. We need to get a job in the house of God. Our work should extend to kingdom things. Jesus said this, Which of you shall have a donkey or an oxen fallen into a pit will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath? Amen. There are times that we're called to get our oxen out of the ditch, aren't we? Amen. It happens to us all. There's not a single individual that this hadn't happened to. Amen. But I'm going to give you a word today. If your oxen are always in the ditch... You're plowing too close to the ditch. I said if your oxen are always in the ditch, you're plowing too close to the ditch. Now, I understand schedules. I get it all. But let me tell you something. If your job is wrecking your relationship with God and your job is wrecking your ministry, you need to pray God help you find another job, another calling, another... Oh, listen, why? Because it's more important that I make the marriage supper of the Lamb than it is to work here in this world 20, 30 years. I'm telling somebody, you better watch what you've got in your life and you better be willing to say, Lord, whatever you want, I'll give it up because the relationship with you is the most important thing. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Are we slaughtering the sacred cow today? He said it like this. If your right eye offendeth thee, pluck it out. If your right hand offendeth thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is probably, do you know he was talking about working and warfare? Amen. He said, and cast it. That, that it's better that one of the members perish and not the whole body be cast into hell. Amen. Church, it is absolutely impossible to enter into heaven without sacrificing some things in this world. That's not a popular topic right there. That'll get you stoned before we leave the house. Let me go a little bit further and then I'll swap gears. Parents, when your children become working age, we've got some that have children around here, some that will have them. I'm going to give you a word today. When your children become working age, lead them away from jobs and positions that interrupt and hinder the relationship with God. Amen. Brother Jonathan, you teach them. You teach that little young in there. You train them up. 
Amen. I have seen more spiritual lives sacrificed at an altar of McDonald's and Taco Bell. I'm preaching to us today. Amen. We're proud that they would get a job. Let me tell you something. You ought to tell the manager of that place, my child can work, but they can't work on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night because that's Bible time. That's God's time. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Seek it first. He said, and all these things will be added unto you. You train up your child the importance of going to the house of God. Train them how to worship the Lord. Show them what's important in their life. And when they're old, they shall not depart from it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. It's absolutely impossible to enter into heaven without sacrificing some things. Hallelujah. Number three. And another one said, I have married a wife and I cannot come. Now, if that would have been said today, we wouldn't have known what gender they were talking about. This man's excuse, amen, that became his downfall was his relationship with his spouse. I've seen a lot of people lost because of their spouse. Church, never ever should our relationship with any person, place, or thing ever trump our relationship with God. Is that all right? That's the truth. Amen. If you're not married in this house, and everybody in here may be married, if you're not married in this house, let me give you some Bible teaching today. Amen. Don't attach yourself with someone that has no desire to make it to the marriage supper. If you do, you're wasting your time. Because you'll find yourself one day, one day, having to get up and get your family dressed, go into the house of God by yourself. Find you somebody to help you pull that plow. Amen. Find you somebody who's got a hunger for the house of God. Find you somebody that says, hey, it's time for Wednesday evening Bible study. It's time to go, amen, to revival. It's church day. I woke up this morning and I looked at my wife and I said, oh, it's, it's church day. I'm so glad, amen, to go to the house of God on Sunday. Amen. Let me tell us that's how it ought to be. We ought to encourage one another. We ought to lift up one another and say, my, today I got to go to church. Oh, somebody help me preach. Today I got to go to the house of God. Today I got to lift my hands to the Lord. Today I got to run the aisles. I got to praise. Today I got to come. Encourage one another in the Lord. Strengthen one another in the Lord. Amen. This person's spouse, amen, and his infatuation with them. Broke his relationship with God. Amen. If you're married to someone that has no desire for the kingdom. Make up in your mind. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I've seen many like this. Amen. And I'm not not preaching down. I'm preaching up. Amen. I'm telling everybody this. Amen. That if spouse doesn't want to live for God. You got to make it to heaven. If your family don't live for God, you got to make it to heaven. If you leave your spouse at home on Sunday morning and you got to drag yourself to the house of God, you make up in your mind, I'm going to be saved. I'm going to be all, listen, don't let nobody make you be lost. Make up in your mind, I'm going to church. Not just church, 
to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Develop you a hunger for the house of God. Amen. The problem with folks had is their carnal desires outpaced their spiritual appetite. Amen. Their worldly lust outpaced the things of God in their life. And it's a problem that all of us face. These are things that every one of us struggle with in our life. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. How hungry are you today? How hungry are you today? Amen. Church, amen. When, when you really get hungry for God, amen, we, we get motivated to do spiritual things. Brother Talsman, he's made mention of this. That we had gone to the ladies' prison to minister. I would that every person in this place would go. Because I'm telling you, you won't walk in this church service next week the same. You'll act differently. Amen. Am I, am I wrong, sis? Amen. Let me tell you what happens when you walk inside of this place. Over a hundred ladies will meet you there. Amen. Crying, tears streaming down their front. At first, they're just happy. And then when the music started, amen, I thought they was going to give our drummer a standing ovation. I got tickled at it. Amen. They were happy to have some drums. And then they, they, they just started clapping. Amen. They, they started worshiping God before anything happened. Amen. They stood up and tears started streaming down their face. Amen. They ran up to the front. They held their hands up. They were calling on God. Amen. There wasn't no preacher behind them saying, Y'all come on. You can do this. You, nobody had to cheerlead them. Let me tell you, when you get hungry. Oh, I don't hear you, did I? When you get hungry. Yeah. You'll sit with your hands folded. Amen. You'll say, preacher, it's about dinner time. Amen. We need to quit right about now. Let me tell you something. When you get hungry, amen, it'll change everything about you. Amen. Let me tell you this. We were in that prison, and, and, and I'm telling you, we had to make them stop. In order to preach to them. And then after we preached to them. And they come up. They were seeking God. We had more people than we could pray for. And brother Kevin. We, we were casting devils out of them up front. And we had to stop on the minute. I'll never forget it sister Stacy. Hey man we were trying to pray for somebody. That was so bound in their life. Amen. And we got down to the last minute. Amen. I, I remember they were praying. We were praying. Amen. I got up to the thing and I said something about the word. And when the word was said, amen, that woman was loosed of a devil. And God filled her with a Holy Ghost before the strike of the clock. I want to tell you today, when you get hungry... My God, when you get hungry, you'll act differently. You won't sit on your pew. Nobody will have to cheerlead you to get you to an altar when you get hungry. My God, when you get hungry, nothing will stop you. Stand with me. Hallelujah. 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 My God. 
I've battled hell more in the last few months than I've ever battled it in my life. And I want to tell you, there ain't no devil in hell that's going to stop me from loving God. There ain't a devil in hell that's going to stop me from worshiping the Lord. I made up in my mind, I'm going to love him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to glorify him. You can sit there if you want to. I'm going to love God. I want you to hear me today. You can sit with an attitude, mad and aggravated and upset. You'll go to hell. And everybody else will go to heaven. But as for me and my house, I come to worship the Lord. As for me and my house, I come to praise Him. As for me and my house, I come to glorify Him. When you get hungered for God... You'll find yourself an altar. Let me tell us today. When a pastor gives an altar call. We ought to find a place to pray. Altar call time is not talking time. It's prayer time. Amen. Yes, I I love you. I I honor you. And I, I don't mean to clash with anything that a pastor may have taught you but I'm telling you I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost today and I'm telling you I'm tired I made up in my mind I'm going to be hungry for God I'm going to seek his face I'm going to hear his voice I'm going to touch him I'm going to hold him brother green I made up in my mind I'm going to glorify him amen when you get hungry for God The problem with these people, with the jobs, and with the stuff, and with their relationships, if you go to the root of it, it's this, they weren't hungry. If you're hungry, you'll have supper. Yeah. If you're hungry, you'll eat. Come eating time. When you get hungry for God, you'll seek Him until you find Him. Have you ever gone to an altar? I I don't mean to drag this out. Have you ever gone to an altar and you thought, I just don't feel Him like I need to. You begin to soul search. You begin to seek after Him. Let, Let me tell you, Brother Kevin has said this and I agree. Sometimes God will hide Himself from you. Because he wants to know that you're hungry enough that you'll seek after him. You know, if every time we prayed, Brother McKeith, and the Holy Ghost just overshadowed us, amen, we wouldn't pray like we. Amen. We, no. 
know. Because we'll, we'll say, well, he's always right there. All I got to do is just say his name. But when you get hungry for God, you'll cry out to him until that void is filled, until your life is changed when you get hungry. And man, it'll change everything about you. When you get hungry for God, you'll glorify him more than you'll gossip. I'm going to say that again. When you get hungry for God, you will glorify Him more than you'll gossip. When you get hungry for God, you won't worry about who sits around you. You'll just be glad you've got a place at the table. When you get hungry for God, you'll cry more louder. You'll push yourself past the masses of people. You'll tear the roof off to get to Jesus. That's people that are hungry for God. I wonder today in this house who is hungry for God. I, I know we have schedules. I know we have busy things. I know we have family. But I wonder today in this house how many would make their way to an altar just for a moment. You don't have to kneel if you don't want to. There's plenty of places to stand, pray. I wonder in this place today how many are really hungry. Hungry for revival. Hungry for anointing. Hungry for glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you get hungry, your jobs and your possessions and your relationships they won't hinder your worship. When you get hungry for God, nothing else matters except God in our life. Hallelujah. Oh, Sing a chorus, Sister Ashley.